listeners, Dan Harshman here. Just wanted to provide a little bit of context for this lost episode that we're presenting for you. Originally recorded September 18th of 2022 and recapping the events of Dragon Con in Atlanta, as well as Austin's exciting presentation of a fully finished Proton Pack replica to Mr. Logan Kim. It was intended as a casual way for us to get back into the recording after such exciting moments in our lives, but unfortunately, the episode ended up just kind of sitting on my hard drive, going unreleased. But at this time, we want to go ahead and treat our fans to what we're dubbing the lost episode, or the unofficial season finale to season one of the Black Firehouse podcast. We hope our listeners enjoy it, and we hope you guys enjoy our new episode that's also going to be coming out at the same time. Thank you so much, and go out and build something. And now for the Black Firehouse Podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects, with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Good morning, Black Firehouse podcast listeners. This is, as always, your host, Dan Harshman, with his co-host... Austin Young. Oh my God, coming in with that sultry, sultry (coughs) voice. We've had... We've had an exciting few weeks, Austin, haven't we? <laughs> it's been a few weeks. I'll just say that. It's been a few weeks. I mean, we were going to try and release uh, this episode before before Dragon Con, mm-hmm. but I almost think like it's beneficial that we haven't, because we're able to bring up some really neat stuff and tell some neat stories. Yeah. Um... I'm excited about it. And also, like hardly anybody asks any questions, which means we're no longer relevant. So, oh know. man, probably has something to do with the fact that we take a break for like a month and a half between episodes. <laughs> no, it's everybody else. Yeah, it's, ev- it's, it's everybody everyone. else. Uh, well, you know, the, the creative process. We're just gonna watch it go down the tubes or whatever. Uh... <laughs> oh gosh. So, how are you, bud? I'm alive. I'm still alive. Um, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten today, but that's okay. I can eat after this is over. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about the future of Ghostbusters and, and everything to come. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm ready to do this. It's I'm been, jazzed. It's too long since we've done this, and I want to get back into a semi-regular groove. So. I, I do, too. Um, we, we got some interesting feedback, though. Uh, for the the couple of weeks, you know, I guess some people kind of enjoyed the more casual take on the conversation without the the breaks in between segments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's something we should ask our listeners if that's something that they want more of going forward. We're gonna try it out again for this episode, so we're not gonna have any of those uh, sound breaks, which is fine because I put those together, <laughs> and I'm definitely not like a sound guru. Yeah. So they might be more annoying than enjoyable, and that's fine. I like them. Um, you like, it, I it's, like them too. It's it's but... very it's very apparent. A few of them are straight ripped from YouTube. I mean, yes, <laughs> the quality oh, God, yeah. the quality varies quite a bit between different clips. 
Oh man, dude! But like I mean, the, some are like in stereo, and me trying to mess with the audio <laughs> levels. It, <laughs> it was so hard and such a pain in the ass. I finally got to the point where like, ah, nobody's paying us for this shit. I'm I'm happy with it. People will get it. It'll be one, fine. One day we're gonna get our new professional logo, and we're gonna get slightly better audio quality because we'll get mixers or whatever. Yeah. Instead of just USB microphones plugged into a laptop. I'll I'll tell you I uh I spoke with Brock Parker, a, a, oh, an yeah. amazing friend of ours. Um and he does the the Bama Geeks podcast. Mm-hmm. Um which is excellent. If you haven't checked it out, it's it's really a fantastic show. Um and he was telling me about his whole sound setup. And like he has mixers and all these different high end microphones, and he knows all the brands, and it's totally his gig, ho- totally his shtick. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, me and Austin plug microphone in a computer, make go with website. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true, Ghostbusters. You know, it's on brand for Ghostbusters, just on the fly, whatever works, right? Exactly. Yeah. No. Aesthetically speaking, we are podcasting. As if it were 1983. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. It's screen accurate, baby. Yeah. Everything's on a DAT recorder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, let's let's jump into it. Prop news. Um, you know, I, I we, we have so much. And I, I think one of the biggest ones is kind of your story. Um, but some smaller things that I'll start off with. Uh, Ghostbuster fans is... Um, Ecto goggle frames, mm-hmm. unfortunately delayed. That's okay. It'll be worth it. It absolutely one hundred percent will. Um, I got a chance to talk with AJ at Dragon Con, um, over Labor Day weekend, and uh, you know he's also made this announcement public, so I'm I'm comfortable enough sharing it uh, that he has convinced dot fasteners to bring out of retirement. Um, the micro fasteners that are accurate for the frames as far as attaching, I believe the pad to the frames. Um, So those will be made out of metal. Um, He had told me that he was exploring some different alternates if he wasn't able to do that. And I, they were very creative. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to doubt that. I'm not going to like say anything against that, but I think compared to with what his alternate takes would have been a eight week delay is going to be more than worthwhile. And I think anybody who has thrown down the $200 on a pre-order for those frames is going to be really, really pleased with the end result and very happy to wait a few more weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure it was no small or easy feat to convince them to, bring out of retirement that design for those snaps and probably was not cheap either so no when you do get your frames everybody please publicly thank aj quick for the hard work that he does and all the money that he spends and the headaches and the frustrations that go on behind the scenes that nobody knows about or appreciates which is uh i mean that's the running thing with with makers man i mean i guess the the heat's turning up for for max factory um, mm-hmm. with, with people, you know, voicing their frustrations, but you know, we can't pretend to know what these people are going through. Uh, I myself, um, you know, 
still waiting on uh, the the next monthly update from Heimdall's Armory on those aluminum ghost traps. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he has the material. We know he has the 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 welder back. I guess he had a pedal malfunction, but last update was a month ago, yeah. and uh, it's it's not at that point to raise hell. Honestly, <laughs> four or five months from now, it's probably still not really time to raise hell. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm in that boat right now with these belts. You know, I, I did that second run of Ghostbusters 2 belts, and, you know, we'll get into the reasons why I haven't got to touch them in, here in a little bit. But, like, you know, I didn't... It, the, at the time, when I started the second run, I had time to work on them. I had a couple right. of delays, and then everything switched over and changed gears, like, overnight for me, basically. And I just had to shift focus on, you know, a few other things. And I've taken a week off to do nothing Mm -hmm. to recharge my battery. And then this next week I have cleaned my shop up because it literally looked like a tornado went through. It's good. (laughs) And then this next week, you know, starting tomorrow, I'm going to get back in there. I'm going to get them finished up and and get them out to people, you know. Um, So, yeah, shit happens. It's just, just the way it works, you know. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Well, You've we have one had, thing. I, think, we yeah. have one, I have one prop news that I want to bring up that I totally okay. meant to bring up in the last episode. I think it's a really cool endeavor, and uh, I really, I just want to shout it out. Uh, a guy named Mark Feltwell has created a website called Ghostbusters Supplies. Oh, yeah. I and saw that. I it it first kind of popped up on my radar. I don't know a couple of months ago, maybe. Um, I want to say he made kind of like a teaser post or something on one of the mm-hmm. group pages, and it's a really cool idea. Basically, it just it's everybody that is reputable that sells proton packs, whether it's full commissions parts, um, somebody you can hire to put a pack together for you. You know, you buy all the parts, mm-hmm. you send it to them, they they build it for you. Um, uniform parts, patches, anything. And it, it compiles them all together in this database. And it's just a great website. It's really well put together. Um, I think it's a, a great resource that hopefully people will utilize and, and quit posting on the forums every two minutes. Where do I get a, a an ion arm for my spirit pack or whatever, you know, like. Right. Right. If, you know, it needs to be, I think, I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a really great resource. Well, here's a here's a question for you about that, because that is an awesome resource. Now, um, you said uh, the, the creator behind this is Mark, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Is Do you know, is he mining for this information, or is this a submission thing? You know, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I feel like at least the stuff that's on there currently, I want to say is stuff that he kind of sort of handpicked. Okay. But, you know, I don't know for sure. Now, you know, eventually something's going to happen where, you know, one of the vendors or whatever on this website is going to go rogue, run away with somebody's money or whatever. Or they're just um, going to go dead. Or they're just, mean, like, yeah. Not, they're just, not die, but, like, just stop offering yeah becoming active i think would probably be the <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah yeah not dead <laughs> but you know i'm sure he seems like he's pretty intent on keeping it updated and 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 uh up to date and 
making sure that you know anything that goes awry with any of the vendors is addressed and and brought up and things like that so um i don't know i you know i encourage everybody to check it out you know diehards like us pretty much know where to go but for especially for people that are just getting into it or maybe are a little overwhelmed by the options mm-hmm. that are out there this is a, a good resource to kind of go and it, it, it lists everybody you can check everybody out and kind of make your own decision very cool yeah, and what was the name of that website again? It's called Ghostbuster Supplies, and I believe the URL is Ghostbusters.supplies. And that'll take you straight to the website. Okay. I think they're on Facebook and Instagram, probably Twitter. That's awesome. I mean that that's really an excellent resource. Um yeah. I mean, especially I, for for people like you and I, you know, we do Google searches. We're we're on Etsy or eBay mm-hmm. or, or the forums, and like the the that's the legwork that we tend to do if we're looking for a, a vendor or a certain part. Or like you said, we already know mm-hmm. who we want to go to. But yeah, for someone who's new, it's an overwhelming hobby. Well, especially, I mean, you know, and no offense to a lot of these groups and posts, but somebody comes in and they, you know, they don't know where to start. They make a post. Hey, I'm new want to build a proton pack what do you suggest where do i start and then you just get this flood of responses and everybody's like no you need to go to this guy no this guy oh no you need to do this you know and right. nobody's really breaking it down and listing pros and cons and and you know well here's why no. i went with this guy here's why i went with that and at least with this website it's all laid out there for you you can go through you can look at everybody and you can kind of make a decision for, uh, you know, based on what you think is going to work for you. And if you still have further questions, yeah, then you go to the forums, you go to the groups and you look for recommendations on a particular vendor. You know, what was your mm-hmm. experience like with this person? Um, I think it's, it's going to end up being really handy if people actually utilize it, you know? I think uh, it will especially be handy. I mean, one of the things we've talked about, a few times on this show uh kind of our our old man on the front porch kind of thing is so many people just aren't willing to do their own research anymore yeah i mean there's a lot of that i think the majority of it is just like everybody wants instant gratification they want their answers immediately whatever but there are you know and you can usually pick them out there are legitimate like hey i'm new i'm overwhelmed i don't know where to start I don't really know what to search for, you know? Right. Um, and I think some, some place like this is especially going to be, you know, helpful for those people in that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad you uh, remember to give them a shout out. I do remember seeing those messages. So it, it's important that those, those resources become known. Yeah. Um, you know, things like uh, ghostbuster supplies or one of my favorite resources, of course, uh, the Ghostbusters reference library is yeah. another amazing resource. Ghostbuster fans is always a solid go-to. Oh yeah. Um, and will forever be a solid go-to. I think, uh, I still love how that used to be just the, that used to just be the answer. Like I'm new. Where do I start? Here's TV a link fans. to TV fans. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a link to their search feature. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need it. You're going to need it. I, I guess, uh, other cool prop news as well is uh, Taco Belly um, continues to to impress with 3D prints and has been offering 
uh, a number of spirit upgrades. Yeah, I saw for, those for those doing spirit proton packs, and um, it's cool. Like they're just these little cosmetic upgrades, and I love it because his stuff hasn't stepped on anyone else's foot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a another maker who was releasing like that cyclotron kit that we had talked about a few episodes ago and some slip on pieces and stuff. And and none of his stuff that he's offering is in direct competition to those pieces and parts. And I love that. Yeah. I um, mean, and I, you know, even if he were offering something that was similar, similar, you know, it's always well, nice I to have he, options. And Yeah. I think he has a cyclotron kit, but his cyclotron, uh, cyclotron kit is very different. It, it involves cutting out the the current existing spirit cyclotron pan. Yeah. Whereas the other one is a snap-on to make it look better. So even the parts that do have a little bit of overlap are wildly different. So it just gives options for people who want to upgrade their spirit pack. Or maybe um, fe- feeling a little more adventurous in, in what they mm-hmm. want to undertake, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think... Uh, I think that's what we got as far as prop news right now. I don't think uh, anybody else is making waves as far as new offerings. Um, this close to Halloween, I'm sure most of the vendors are up to their damn eyeballs. Oh, in, absolutely. <laughs> in product uh, orders, at least. I know I just got on the Ecto Labs, their most recent order for key fobs. Finally, mm-hmm. finally. Those guys, you know, make releases on like Mondays opposite of the week that I get paid. So I never have money (laughs) and I'm like, they're beautiful and I want them, but I finally, finally got in on that action. Very nice. Those are beautiful key fobs. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get them. Um, definitely planning on, I I ordered two sets, but, uh, you ordered one for me. How'd you know? Oh, sweetie. (laughs) No. (laughs) what <laughs> one, one day i'm you know i just i never see the stuff when it goes up by the time i see it it's like oh it's been sold out for six hours cool so that's fine yeah it's good yeah one um, day that's how i feel sometimes like you know even with as as on the pulse as i feel we are some of this stuff just goes so damn fast or it you know just sneaks up on you you know or you know and i know i noticed for me a lot of it has to do with instagram or facebook or whatever they're stupid mm-hmm. algorithms and i'll see posts from places in my feed hours or days after they were originally posted because for whatever reason mm-hmm. they didn't feel the need to show them to me when they were posted you know um, which is really annoying but it is what it is and that's the problem with social media. Sometimes you just can't trust them. Occasionally, Occasionally you meet a nice, a nice one. one. MySpace. Oh. <laughs> Zanga. <laughs> oh, God. But usually they just have to be some kind of big live journal. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting into the meta now. And that's uh, the end of this episode. No. <laughs> We're getting zooked. Bye, guys. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Anyway. So that's uh yeah, that's prop news. That's good prop news. Um do you uh have anything that stuck out in your mind? Any recognition you want to throw out there? 
say normally this would be the you've earned it kind of thing. I have one. I have I have two that I'm thinking of. You've They're from been... Dragon Con. Well, three. Yeah. Go two for it. From Dragon Con. I haven't one really in... paid attention to anything in the last like three weeks, four weeks. You know. So, uh, good friend of you know of the podcast, Mr. Matthew Burkett. He's been on here a couple times. He uh, he got his uh, Phoebe pack pretty mm-hmm. much completed, and it's gorgeous. It's it's amazing. It's it um, is. just a total work of art. It is. It's uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. You know, um, I, I'm not sure of the cost, but, uh, you know, the internals, I think, are what impressed me. I mean, obviously, he did and put a lot of work towards getting the exterior to be a, a kind of screen match one from one because mm-hmm. that's the the kind of builder he is but he even has the internal cyclotron light set up identically to how it was in the movie and and that was even something that Ben Eady uh was mesmerized by mm-hmm. was that you know I think they showed off like a, a short video of how that internal cyclotron light mechanism worked and the the fine folks over on Spangler's 1984 workbench had that shit figured out within a day yeah i mean he and i know cole funseth had like reverse engineered it in in like an hour (laughs) yeah you know i mean it was just it was insane how quickly they not only figured out how it worked but also they had like found correct parts identified and (laughs) purchased you know i mean it was it's just an amazing and i love that about you know say anybody else can say what they will about like the screen accuracy nuts and and you know nobody cares it's on the inside it's like yeah but it's still cool it that is. you know amongst the the group of us severely mentally ill ghostbusters fans <laughs> we can put our minds together and and come up with solutions and 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 figure out how things worked when there's literally no other clues or inside information other than a few screen grabs of some video you know Mm -hmm. i'm i'm never not blown away by you know this community's ability to do things like that i mean it's there's so many of them that that deserve mentioning i mean cole matt uh you holy shit when when answer the call came out i swear to god the the first like 11 things that were identified were you just being like, this is what this is. This is the kind of glove that this is. This is the kind of ball valve that this is. This is that. Yeah. This is this. This is that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you want to tell us what film stock this shit was shot on there, Austin, my boy? Well, it was digital, so... But no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did get the size of the copper piping wrong, so everybody that initially started building one with that information, I apologize, but I... How dare. <laughs> How dare. Yeah. How dare. Um... Let's see. So uh, these other two are carryovers from from PKE Surge. So, uh, you know, for our listeners who are not aware, um, PKE Surge is a Ghostbusters event held at Dragon Con, which is in Atlanta every year. It's the largest uh, pop culture convention um, outside of New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con. And Mm -hmm. I, I think it's superior to both those conventions personally, but I'm also very biased. Yeah. Um, 
And then we have PKE Surge in the middle of it, which is like the, the largest gathering of ghost heads annually. We used to be able to say it's the largest gathering of ghost heads. And then the 2016 premiere happened. So then we had to say it's the largest gathering of ghost heads on the East Coast. And then <laughs> last year's premiere happened. But now now we just get to say, well, it's the largest annual gathering of ghost heads. So we could still say that. It's but, the uh, largest <laughs> gathering of ghost heads in Atlanta on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> it's the largest gathering of ghost heads at this of, particular spatial moment in time. Of the particular year it's being held. Yes. Yeah. Uh, year of our Savior, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this one made the news, so it should come as no surprise, but Mr. Rob Sosby another good friend of ours made uh, that Ecto Glow outfit that mm -hmm. was just fucking cool. It was baller, dude. Every part great. of it. Uh, he shared with you progress photos. I don't talk to him outside of the belt that he ordered from me. I'm not actually friends with him. Not not saying I have anything against him. We've just never connected. You know? I came off so much more aggressively than I think he meant. I don't talk to him other than no. No, I just we've never really connected and 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 you know struck up a, a friendship or a conversation yet, but I'm sure that'll change. Um, he seems he like is, a really he cool is dude. Worth worth every moment of your time if you do. Yeah. So he was sending me progress photos of this thing, and I had to do everything I could to to shut the hell up about it because uh, everything from the terrifying glow mask to, <laughs> to him the testing out the jumpsuit glows. Like a lot of people don't realize that the jumpsuit oh, okay. glows. I didn't know um, that. I thought it yeah. was just like white fabric or something. No. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is white fabric, but he did testing and bought like uh, three or four suits in which he was trying out what is the most effective way to get this thing to glow, which was really cool. Um, but you don't get the full effect, of course, unless he's in the dark. Yeah. And that's not something that he had much of an opportunity for at dragon con okay. um, but he recently posted some photos of it and uh it with the full effect with the pack glowing the face mask is glowing because the face mask was printed out of a glow in the dark you know uh plastic and then the pack itself now the pack itself is glow in the dark plastic but he made it even better by doing uh black lighting within yeah. the pack so that it is always glowing and um yeah that was really cool it was a pretty great idea to do that it was really cool and i think the thing that really blew me away about it was how clean it looks yeah you know whenever we build something there's there's bondo there's epoxy putty there's oh i gotta fix this hole i gotta repaint that oh the black paint will hide this you know mm -hmm. we gotta go for the wonk you know yeah any any number of things that if if you stripped all the paint off our proton packs they'd probably just look like fucking piles of shit. Oh, 100%. I mean, and that's what we're going for, right? Right. I mean, you it know. is. But he had nowhere to hide on that build. I mean, it's a solid color build. There there was nowhere to hide. There was no filler that he could use or paint. Oh, I'm sure they have a glow in the dark paint, but he didn't use it. So it just makes the build, to me at least, that much more impressive that it was able to be printed so cleanly and and put together so cleanly that that 
the entire presentation is crisp. It's it's good. He did yeah. a great job. Yeah, it's um, amazing. Like you know, it it's always fun to see those Kenner inspired builds and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like like Fernando and Boers have done several of them that are just outstanding. And and oh yeah, you know, it's it's nice and fun to see people still kind of trying to come up with new things and well, and even different our... things. Even uh, our friends over at ES have some. They've done some Fright Feature costumes before, haven't they? Have they? I think so. I think uh, I think we've seen we've seen Craig and Abby oh, do Fright Feature yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's true. That was a couple seen, of years ago. Yeah, yeah, we've seen uh, Zach Myers, oh. also another friend of ours. He's uh, yes. he's done some Kenner inspired stuff. Fernando. Yeah, an amazing builder. Boars, um, he runs Borzini's. Does you know some really great patchwork, um, pins. He's he's also helped on on PKE search quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it's just always cool. It's always great to see those <coughs> inspired costumes, like you said. Yeah, it, it's just you know I was having a conversation last night with a friend of mine actually about how as far as like screen accuracy goes for like the proton packs, you know, we've done everything there is to do externally. So it's getting to that point where everybody's turning to the internals to replicate mm-hmm. the shit that you never even see on screen because we're, we're out of things to do. Right. And right. I, I almost feel like that's kind of, you know, the people that are, we're starting to do the Kinner stuff and, and, you know, and these weird obscure things. And yeah, it a lot of it may stem from well there's what's left to do but to me i love that you know people are starting to push the envelope and thinking outside of the norm and outside of the box and coming up with these really fun and unique things to do because even if it's something that starts out as like oh wouldn't it be ridiculous and funny if i if i did this but it ends up being really cool really really cool i mean even even the accuracy guys you know i know i i've ordered parts so i can build not only a set of ecto goggles as they're seen in new york shots but Mm -hmm. i've also purchased the supplies to to build them again as they're seen in la shots yeah so um, i'm also and we've talked about the ghost trap in that same sense so i'm excited to see those kinds of builds yeah i mean you know you know or even just the you know, the people that are replicating, well, here's what the packs looked like in 89 in Ghostbusters 2. Well, I'm replicating what it looks like currently, you know, mm-hmm. and then any and anywhere in between, you know, because there's been numerous changes that have happened since filming up to now, you know, whether it's something's broken and been repaired or Planet Hollywood adding, you know, wall cables to plug the packs in for display or whatever, you know, I mm-hmm. love seeing all the different iterations and different variations of things that people decide they want to replicate or even even the you know the mishmash uh, amalgamations of you know different elements and things into some kind of idealized version uh first person to do a casper proton pack wins the podcast oh do i need to grow a mustache uh yeah you do because i gotta get a gb1 suit i'm definitely at that weight where if i an ill-fitting very yeah if i can get a a size or two too small gb1 suit gb2 gloves gb2 elbow pads yep yeah i'm doing it i think he was rocking the spangler hero in that scene i believe so yeah 
All right. Not the super, not the superhero, the Spangler hero. Mm-hmm. For those people that have the making of book. <clears throat> <laughs> um, and uh, then, of course, uh, Alexander Hibbs was uh, another really impressive build, and his stuff was was not screen accurate. He he heavily participated in the uh, the nineteen twenties Ghostbusters themed mixer. Okay, that we had on Friday night, and he built this proton pack with the idea of what would a proton pack look like in the 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. So it comes off very, very diesel punk. And we've seen steampunk proton packs before. We've yeah. seen a shit ton of steampunk proton packs. And I, and I talked to Alex about this. You know, is this is this what's considered diesel punk? And we, we both kind of walked away from the conversation not knowing what the fuck diesel punk is, which I'm okay <laughs> with. Like, I I still don't need to know you know, is it instead of cogs, it's, you know, pipes. I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't actually care. All I know is that his build was crisp. It was clean. It was cool. And it had a shit ton of features to it. Um, He put a lot of thought into it, too. I mean, like, he made sure that he was including, like, fine wooden boxes because a lot of the technology at that time you know, mm-hmm. even like a, a conductivity meter or something like that. pH meters. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 Beckman pH meter is a is a relic of that era, and it's all this fine scientific equipment shoved into a nice oaken box. And he had those features on his proton pack. That's um, really cool. It was really cool. I mean, like his his cyclotron. Um, you know, it had like a, a good spin action to it. There's a cool Edison bulb at the end of his thrower. Oh. It was. It was, yeah, it was a great blend. I mean, and he had just cool coveralls, a custom patch to go with it all. You know, he was wearing a flat cap. And then my my favorite part, though, was his ghost trap, um, which was a box that had a mirror finish lid on it. And it would backlight and there would be an eyeball inside that would ah, look around. It was so cool. That's awesome. See, I, I haven't was, seen I haven't seen this at all. So I'm going to have to go back and look for it because... That sounds it's amazing. definitely, definitely worth your time. Um, and then uh, honorable shout outs to the the overall costume winner, um, Mrs. Hinkle, for her fantastic Stay Puft inspired flapper dress. Mm, I did that see that night. one. And yeah. then uh, uh, Mrs. Sosby for her Ghostbusters 2 inspired mink shawl and yeah. flapper outfit, that which was, was cool. so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. Um, so there was great costumes, and uh, you know, I, I I was able to post some videos. I got to I got to interview um, Alex on his costume, so that's up on our Facebook page. I got to interview Rob. Rob was the first one that that I caught, and I also caught up with Taco Belly as well. Yeah. He had his amazing Phoebe pack at at Dragon Con. Um, it was a great show, dude. We missed you quite a bit. I was uh I was eyeballs deep in a build, so that's yeah. why I, that's why I haven't even seen the videos. It was just like I'm in the shop, I come home, I eat, I go to sleep, I get up, I do it all over again. Yeah. So 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 I guess the you've earned it kind of really outlined what what I was doing on yeah. our little two or three week intermission interlude. I'm not gonna say break because we never intentionally break from the show. It's just we're busy guys. 
Yeah, but we're never busy with important things. At least I'm not. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, but this time you were. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you could say it was sort of important. So, so you, it was important to allowed, me. Are you allowed to talk about it, or do we have to wait and buy the book? Well, what's best for no? It's uh, yeah. I can talk about it. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Finally, I can well, I can be like, here's what happened. Here's the yeah. nightmare that went down. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I made a proton pack for Logan Kim and it was super cool. It was super cool. Um, you know, it was, it was facilitated through YHS. Um, actually when I'm done recording this, I'm going straight into, into their little recording studio to, to be on their show to talk about it. Um, probably a little more in depth, but you know, careful listeners of this podcast will note that every time we asked, what's on your workbench? I would say, oh, I'm working on a Phoebe pack, working on a Phoebe pack. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was the pack that I've been working on. You know, it's been off and on for, I guess, a while, six, nine months, something like that. Um, there's been a lot of deadlines that have come and gone because for one reason or another, it was, oh, we're going to try and deliver it then. And then, well, now something's come up. We can't do it. We'll have to coordinate and come up with another date or whatever. Uh, and so then there would be downtime where it's like, well, I'm going to focus on some other things because right now it's kind of up in the air. I don't know what's going on. And then finally, I was talking with Craig and he's like, yeah, we need to try and figure out how to get this thing delivered. And I was like, well, he's going to be at this con in Arkansas and like a month or so, or I don't remember exactly when it was mm-hmm. uh, when we initially talked about it, but. He's like, well, okay, let me let me get with them and see if, uh, if that works out. And, you know, we'll see if we can do it there. Because it's like a six-hour drive for me. I think it's a seven- or eight-hour drive for them. So it's, you know. Um, he got back to me. He said, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, you know, I, I said... Please make sure because it's going to be in a it's going to be in a storage crate or a like a, a travel case. You know, make sure that if one of his parents is driving, because it's you know, there's no way I'm going to let him put this on a plane, right? Right. Uh, they need to one of them needs to drive to the con and they need to be able to drive it back and uh, just make sure I give him some really generous measurements of like roughly what the case would be. So make mm-hmm. sure that it's it's going to fit. And whatever vehicle they bring so they confirmed that and it was a go and so finally you know i had i had thought i was pretty far along on the build at that point mm-hmm. but you really forget about all of the little tiny things that kind of every time every time and man <laughs> the last 40 <laughs> the last 48 hours of that build i've never been more stressed out in my life ever oh no it was insane but it all came together um we gave it to logan logan loved it i think his mom might have loved it more than he did (laughs) (laughs) she was she seemed very excited um but no i mean it was it was a a incredible weekend it was such a an amazing thing to get to build you know a a proton pack for a ghostbuster you know Um, right it's kind of hard for me to really convey how special that is to me and like what that means to me, because I mean, Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters is such a, it's a huge part of my life. Like I wouldn't have the friends that I have. I wouldn't have 
the experiences that I've had and, and, and the places I've gotten to go and the things I've gotten to do if it weren't for these movies. And so to be able to kind of do that, and I, I even told this to Logan, I said to be able to give something back to somebody who is directly responsible for bringing me so much joy and happiness, you know, as being a part of this franchise, it just, it's really cool. And it means a lot. Do you think, do you think Logan, this is a loaded question. Do you (laughs) think he understood the magnitude of how special something like that was? Cause you know, we've seen a lot of franchises, fan groups, individuals Mm -hmm. and stuff, give gifts to, you know, uh, Ivan Reitman, Jason Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, any anybody, yeah. you know, Robin Shelby even, you know, give them uh, their franchise patch or a certificate of honorary membership and these these really wonderful gestures. Like, I'm not saying that any of these gestures have any less of an impact because everybody is just stretching, reaching out and and clawing their way for this way to say, hey thank you. Like, thank mm-hmm. you for these movies that, that, that they mean a lot to us. But do you think Logan understands like how much blood, sweat and tears really goes into, to building a proton pack? I don't know. I have no idea. Probably not, so. but you know, I hope so. Um, yeah. it, and if not now, I mean, he's only 15, right? But sure. You know, maybe someday in the future, he'll be like, man, this really probably was a lot of work. You know, I mean, who knows? Um, But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to me. It was sure. Sure. It was it was an amazing experience. And I'm you know, I'm I'm so grateful for the opportunity and grateful to to Craig and Jake and Abby for helping facilitate the whole thing. And and to Logan's parents, who are just amazing, incredible people. They're so nice. Um, Doe and Brandy, they're just wonderful people. And it was a really fun and uh, really stressful uh, experience leading up to the delivery, but at the end of the day, it, it was it was all worth it, you know. So why a proton pack and not say goggles and an RTV trap? Because podcast got gypped. He was the only kid that didn't get to use a proton pack in the movie. <laughs> and you're entirely right no i was i was curious if there was any other thought because that was my thought process because he even goes for it in the movie yeah you know when they hear muncher in the in the factory like he you could see him he's clawing at 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 phoebe like but wait it's my turn it's It's my my turn turn. and she just marches off give me the gun (laughs) yeah um yeah it's it felt like writing a wrong or something you know yeah um and I mean, every Ghostbuster needs a proton pack, right? So absolutely. And you know, to be honest with you, I, I'm probably still going to do it, uh, but I had intentions of also building him a set of goggles to go with it, with you know the Polaroid mm-hmm. in it and everything. And but I wanted to use AJ's frames, and because uh, the originals were pretty sure like 3D printed or resin, and yeah. you know, it, I, I actually had this conversation with Logan's dad. It's like when when you're building something for a movie it's got to last a duration of filming and then it's good. But you know, when right. we build these replicas, we want, you know, we're building them with longevity in mind. And, and I wanted to use one of AJ's frames to be able to uh, ensure that it wasn't going to just crack or shatter if it ever got dropped or, or something. Sure. Um, 
but it, it all worked out because I wouldn't have had time, even if AJ had the frames available. It's like I just right. I ended up not having the, the time to be able to put those together. So maybe in the future. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but from from listening the listening to the YHS episodes and stuff, uh, I always have gotten the feeling that that Logan Kim's parents are more excited about him having a Ghostbusters role than he is. I can't speak for that. They're pretty excited though. <laughs> I mean, it's they're they're loving it, and rightfully Good. so. I mean, you know, there's a lot of the proud parent moments going on. You know, that you can mm-hmm. see if you watch their video. You know, they're just they're in the background and they're just so excited that you know this is happening and and. Logan was, I mean, the thing is, this Logan's cool as a cucumber, man. I wish I was yeah. that cool when I was 15. I wish I was that cool now. <laughs> he's just so, he really la- is. he's just laid back and just chill, man. And, but, you know, you can tell he's genuinely getting a kick out of it. And he, he really, he loved the thing. I mean, he really did. Good. Good. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited. I know, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to, to meet, of course, like Celeste O'Connor's parents, but I, I was gifted the opportunity to to meet McKenna Grace's mother mm-hmm. um, at the NBC filming. And again, proud parents. I mean, yeah. all around super supportive. And I hope that that never changes. I really hope in 10 or 20 years, we're not reading some horrible tabloid dirt piece about them because uh, so far, it just seems like they're all great kids. They're bringing yeah. something really cool to the franchise, and uh, and their parents have just been. She gave me a little Stay Puffed action figure. Like, how can I? That's yeah. awesome. You know, she she slipped it over to me, and she was like, "I really like your blue jumpsuit," <laughs> and uh, and then you know, and then I met Bill Murray. So I mean, it was yeah. a great day. Also, yeah. you know, got to see Ghostbusters with my buddies. That yeah. was fun, I guess. We got to yell uh, at each other from across the lines. <laughs> Yes. That was oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean Logan's parents are great and uh I I don't know. I feel like those kids are, are well looked after and they're they've got you know, they've got great heads on their shoulders and you know, I think that's very much due to their wonderful parents that they have, so and a good support network. Yeah. Which is always important, especially for a child in Hollywood. It can be such a it, it, it can be such a thing yeah. as anybody that listens to us, you know, we, we mostly talk about props, but they know, they, mm-hmm. they know how the culture can be and how it can really eat people up and spit it out. And, yeah. uh, well, I'm excited. So you said you're also though going to be talking about this for, um, the yes, have some crew. Yeah. Like whenever we're wrapped up here, I'm awesome. waiting, waiting on a link from, from Craig to go over there on them on their show cool. and talk about it. So, um, it was just, well, then, it was cool, dude. It was, it, it's something I'll never forget. You know, um, it's an opportunity that like I will never take for granted and, and will cherish forever. You know, um, good. it's really special and really just amazing. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to bother you too much more about it. I am going to wait for that YHS episode to drop. I don't want to steal their thunder and their hard work and, in gifting you this opportunity. I do know, though, uh, that there is uh, other members of the community as well. Oh, God, that, yes. That help as oh, far God, as the yes. prop builds. Yeah. Um, We're going to so... shout them out right now. Because, like, 
Let's do it. I'm the mad scientist that like put this thing together, but it it was 100% a collaborative effort. Um, when I when I immediately, like immediately when I got word that like this, okay, this is for sure happening, I hit up Matt Burkett because he had already made an incredible prototype set of electronics for his Phoebe pack, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, I want you to do electronics for it. So, and and man, he delivered like it those electronics are just incredible and uh they were a huge nightmare and headache for me to get installed because uh i've never (laughs) i've never worked with uh homebrew electronics um right and i mean it was just a mess of cables and i mean i spent an entire day like literally an entire day just on the wand and figuring out how all of those go in and getting everything separated and how to shove that rat's nest of wires into that little tiny space. <laughs> but I got, you know, I got it done. Um, and, and bless Matt. He, he put up with so many questions like, what does this do? How do I do this? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm never going to finish this thing. I'm going to kill myself. Like, <laughs> oh, no. and, and he was just like, you're good. You're going to do it. It's going to be fine. You got this. You got this. And I was like, Oh my God. You know, um, so Matt not only was technical support, he was emotional support as well. And, uh, I'm forever grateful for that and, and for his willingness to, to step up and, and supply the, the electronics for it, because it really, you know, it's the icing on the cake. Like, yeah, the pack is great by itself, but without those electronics, without the sounds, it's just a proton pack, you know? Right. So... Yeah, I mean, major props and shout out to Matt, and and I love you, Matt, and I I appreciate everything that you've done, and uh, you know, it, it really was something special with those electronics in it. And uh, Logan, the the kid knew immediately how to operate the thing. Um, he knew the order to flip all the switches on the wand, you know, like because Matt's electronics are set up that you have to flip them in the order that they're flipped in the in the film or the fire button won't function. And so you can't just start flipping on the vent light and then hit the intensify button. You know, it won't fire. So they have to be flipped in a certain order. And man, he picked that wand up and he was just like, click, 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 click. Okay, cool. And I was like, (laughs) okay, so clearly you played with it on set. He's like, oh yeah, I stole McKenna's all the time. And I'm like, all right, that's good to know that they at least (laughs) let you wear it behind the scenes, you know? Um, and he, you know, you can see it in the video, like he was so impressed just by the the ramp up of the cyclotron lights, because you know it starts off with kind of a slow spin and then it ramps up and and starts going full speed, and he just thought that was the coolest thing, you know. So very grateful to Matt for the wonderful electronics kid. Um, and then the other major shout out goes out to uh, our buddy Mikhail Lynn for providing a shell for the whole project. Um, you know my is that one of Mikhail's shells? That's one of Mikhail's shells, yeah. Oh, what an honor. That's it, awesome. You know, I'm taking my sweet ass time trying to perfect mine that I'm eventually going to mold to make my own shells. So I didn't have a mold. Um, tried to get a GB fans pack shell. Couldn't find one. You know, and there wasn't a lot of at the time. Nobody had anything available. And I'm just I'm sitting there stressing out like, what am I what am I going to use? You know, I don't want to 3D print one. Uh and then I remembered Mikhail had a mold. And so I hit Mikhail up and I was like, I didn't tell him what it was for. I just said, hey, I have a commission coming up and I need it really quickly. Because at the time, 
and it's ridiculous to think of now, but at the time I was trying to get it done by mid-March. Oh my gosh. And it, no. this was like January, <laughs> I think, when I hit him up. And right. um, it's like, I really need a shell. And, you know, he he stepped up and, you know, it's it's cold in January. And he lives in Missouri, you know, so it gets really cold. And, and he stepped up, he put space heaters all over his garage and went out there and, and set up and tried to cast me a shell. And it, it came out beautifully. It's a really great shell. Very well made. Um, and I kept it secret from him the entire time. I didn't tell him what it was for because I wanted to, like, I don't know, surprise him and be like, send him a picture of Logan with the pack on and be like, hey, here's what your shell went to. And I did that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I kind of figured that's what you're up to. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he's too he's too smart for he's, your hijinks. Yeah, he's way too smart. But, you know, um, it, yeah, he he really stepped up and, and provided an, an amazing shell to use. And um, I'm really glad that I got to use one of his shells in the build. Um, I'm going to forget so many people. Hang on. Let me pull up my list here. Where are we at? There it is. All right. Oh, Cole Funseth. He didn't really supply anything for the pack itself. <laughs> but he did. I you know, I, I decided like a week out, oh, I'm gonna make an RTV remote to throw in the case. Like because I didn't have mm-hmm. enough stress going on. And so I was tr- I I had found most of the parts I needed and they were going to arrive in time. Oh, Mikhail sent me a toggle switch for the RTV remote too. So another shout out to Mikhail. Uh, but Cole, I ended up not being able to get the black antenna in time, and so Cole had a couple extras. He sent them to me, uh, and then I ordered the red indicator lights. You know, the part number and everything was correct. They show up and they're too small. And the, the number on the bag is the correct part number, but the part number on the piece itself is the incorrect part number. And so I'm in a panic because, you know, I can't put this thing together without these. And, and Cole went and dug through his storage bin and found his remote in progress and, and took the indicator lights off of his personal build to send to me so that I could put this stupid thing together. Wow. <laughs> so major shout out to Cole for for stepping up and doing that um aj provided parts and labels and things for the pack um mike cedars we gotta talk about mike cedars and his incredible user manual that he put together in like a week for me dude Um, his his graphics yeah they're gorgeous go on go on because i mean I've seen his stuff for his his PKE meter box that he converted an Iona shoebox for. He was mm-hmm. able to gift me one. Um, his prototypes for the Ecto goggle yes. user manual, which is now a a freebie throw in with the frames coming from AJ uh, Quick's run. His graphics are awesome, and yeah, please go on. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to do kind of a user manual, something to go with it, just instructions on, you know, the order of how you flip the switches on and, you know, just something that kind of a basic guidelines on how to how to work the replica. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole concept for this thing was it, it's, you know, kind of an in-universe storage case. It's got stickers that, you know, maybe podcast through stickers he had laying around on it, whatever. So I wanted it to be something that was kind of in-universe, but but detailed the operation instructions for the replica itself. And so I, I thought, well, it would be cool to make it look sort of like one of those old military tech manuals or something. And uh, sure. that's the idea that had stuck in my head. And it's the idea I've had from the beginning. And I've talked to a couple of other uh, artist friends about, you know, doing up some of the illustrations and, and, and things like that. And, you know, everybody was really cool and wanted to help out. But just at the end of the day, you know, they've got their own stuff they're working on. Didn't work out schedule wise. So, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I was thinking I was just going to have to just forget it you know and maybe record a video and post it on youtube and and you know give him the link to it or whatever if he needs to figure out how to work the thing and um i'm in there in the shop and i'm working and i'm just randomly thinking about aj's ecto goggle lenses and the you know the thought comes across my mind that you know oh it's really cool that he's including those manuals with it and then the light bulb went off and i went oh shit I wonder if, if Mike would be willing to do it. And so I hit him up and I gave him a deadline of like a week, you know, because I wanted to make sure I had it printed. And the guy that was going to print him for me for free, my friend Tyler, he, uh, he was leaving on vacation anyway. So if I didn't get him printed by this certain day, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, I could have gone to Kinko's or wherever, but you know, I was worried about them. Well, that's copyrighted material and we can't, you know, that bullshit. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, he turned around those illustrations in record time and they are absolutely gorgeous. And he did the layout for the manual and everything. And, uh, it just turned out phenomenal. Like it's far above anything that I had imagined for it, you know? It's absolutely gorgeous work. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. And I mean, Logan thought it was cool. You know, I think Jake from YHS was was more impressed with anybody because you know I open the box and show it to them before we take it over to Logan he's just like there's a manual <laughs> yeah perfect Jake impression 1010 thank, thank you you're welcome but yeah I mean that was an incredible addition to be able to to include with that um like I said his artwork is just amazing he turned around in record time and uh so grateful to him for doing that on on with such short notice you know Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean and my friend my friend chris carlson who 3d modeled the front grip for the the shotgun grip Mm -hmm. um i had him 3d model it um but i didn't have him do all the the weird cracks and the rivets and i just wanted like a basic shape with the grooves in it sure so he did that my friend ross 3d printed it in resin for me i had him print me uh i think three or four of them and i went in and like hand finished the rest of it i put in all the cracks and the and the nicks and scuffs and i put the rivets on and all that stuff and really refined the shape and then molded it and did resin cast but you know it's such a collaborative effort like yeah i put everything together and i did my fair share of fabrication and things for it but you know it none of it's possible without the help of you know everybody that contributed um and so yeah i mean it's just i'm i'm forever grateful to everybody that had a hand in 
in it how you know no matter how big or how small the contribution was very cool very very cool and uh yeah so i mean on on that note we'll we'll throw a special shout out also to the the pk search planning staff for for kicking that off mm-hmm. uh, it just goes to show that you know we may be two guys like talking about this but we're not the end all be all oh no and and i don't think there's anybody in this community that that would claim to be the ultimate in in whatever be it knowledge of props or building or anything you know we all use vendors we all use help Mm -hmm. we all rely on one another and uh you know there's always multiple go-tos there is no no end person there is no one source um yeah well very cool so uh, i i know we we have about 40 minutes left that we would normally be in our show i know we might have some time constraints because the the yhs guys might want you they can hold a little bit they're much bigger than us (laughs) let's let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's show so we uh last time we did this was session seven uh, which is we did a uh, community, ago. yeah, community Q and A, and so I have the questions that were posed to us from Spangler's nineteen eighty four workbench. Again, Spangler's nineteen eighty four workbench, guys. If you want to get in on the prop conversation, uh, that is our go to forum. Um, so, and you have the ones pulled up from our Facebook account, right? Yes, all six of them. Well, I, I have roughly about six, so I mean, I think that should be, <laughs> should I mean, be that play. should be enough for us to, to yeah. do this. Um, why, don't you, why don't you throw the first question out, and then I'll go. All right, first question was uh, from Mr. Jack Dowd, always a reliable source for questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the three radio-controlled props shown in the Ghostbusters movies, Dana's baby carriage, the possessed mink coat, and the RTV... Which one would you most enjoy working on a replica of, and why is it the mink coat? <laughs> Bold assumption. Bold assumption. I mean, he's not wrong. I, 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 he well, I'm so <laughs> torn on it because the mink coat is such an awesome sight gag. Okay, yeah. so I would actually, I would rather own the screen used mink coat and build an RTV. Yeah. Then replicate the mink coat and have a screen used RTV. So I, I if presented the opportunity and I had the, the money to get the actual screen used mink coat animatronic, I would leap at it because it's such a absolutely hysterical gag mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters two of that thing coming to life and chasing those people down the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, but the RTV, you can't deny. I mean, it's the, the next step in evolution of the ghost trap. Yeah. Which makes it super, super fucking cool. And it's yeah. also the only Ghostbusters prop that we see as a radio controlled device that is supposed to be yeah, radio controlled. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm torn between the RTV and the and the coat. The coat to me, I look at the the RTV and you know those guys over in the RTV group have just like reverse engineered that thing to death to the point where like it's all there for you, you know. Yep. Uh, 
which is a wonderful thing. You know, it's incredible that like eventually when I get around to doing it, all the hard work's been done. I just got to go on there and do the, you know, research, buy the parts, follow the instructions and I'm good. The mm-hmm. mink coat that offers a little bit of a challenge because, you know, we, I mean, I would have to sit down and figure out exactly how I want it to operate and, and, you know, what kind of functions I want to put into it. Um, so I can see it being a little more challenging, maybe a little more frustrating, but like maybe slightly more rewarding at the end of the day mm-hmm. when you get it to work. So I don't know. I think they both offer slightly different experiences, different 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 rewards. Um, sure. And then the baby carriage is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know. I'll I'll build one, put a fake baby in it, drive it in front of a bus, see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it was cool that they were able to get that thing on two wheels. Yeah. I wonder if that was like a a driving thing that when they turned it, it accidentally went on two wheels and they're like, no, fuck it. That's awesome. Keep it. Yeah. Or if that in itself was another special effect, if they had it on wires to to get it to take that curve. I don't know. Maybe we can build one and see if we can get it to drift. Uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, Baby Carriage Edition. (laughs) <laughs> it's all about family. Uh, it is. It really is. So uh, my first question is also from, from Mr. Jack Dowd. Um, which is the best official alternate design of a non-movie Ecto? <coughs> uh, the Kenner Real Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Um, the Kenner Extreme Ghostbusters, which he, he calls it Kenner, but that one was actually made by Trend Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, the video game Ecto 1B, the Sanctum of Slime Brinks truck Ecto 1, uh, the VR Academy Hover Car, or the Spirits Unleashed, as he calls it, Photoshop of Horrors. <laughs> I am going to have to go, and this may be controversial. I'm going to go with the Extreme Ghostbusters Ecto. Are you preferring the toy version or the animated version? Both. I mean, I love the roll cage. I love that it's got a roll cage. Yeah. That I, roll cage is cool. I I don't know. I like the I like the roof rack on the toy and the and the show. Um Mhm. You know, I think it's cool. Um the 1B obviously is great. Um, but to me, it's, it's too similar to the Ecto one, you know, it's got, yeah, it's got the super slammer and some of the decals and things are different, but like the extreme Ghostbusters showed an actual evolution in technology and, 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 you know, like it's got a video camera on the top and like, of course that Mm -hmm. would be something that they would utilize, you know, that that's my biggest problem with fan ectos is everybody replicates the ecto one roof rack sure and just sticks it on whatever vehicle it's like okay but the technology would update i'm not saying it needs to be sleek and sexy or you know but like different functions different different things that it can do you know not just a sniffer maybe something different you know doesn't all need the two tanks on one side and the long tank on the other come up with different functions and, and different capabilities it's you know it can it can accomplish and and 
think outside the box. That's why I really liked that Ecto from Extreme Ghostbusters because it was it was different. Fernando did an amazing job Dude. of conceptualizing his own roof rack. Yeah, I mean, and what he did do with the elements that were from the movie, he updated them and he added mm-hmm. new functions to them. Like the hood he put on the sniffer was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And the Ray Dome, you know, instead of having the stripes, you know, they're actually cut out sections with like flashing lights inside of them. That was so cool, you know. It was. And it he, was ad- he cool. added all sorts of like utility lights in the corners and everything. I'm like, that's stuff that, you know, they would add eventually. I think. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I do love the Extreme Ghostbusters Ecto-1 mm-hmm. um, for, for many of the same reasons, but I have an especial affinity for the Ecto-1B. Yeah. Uh, not because of the Super Slammer, but because of how much the Universal Studios Ecto-1 mm-hmm. calculated into its design elements. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that there's obviously a lot, uh, from the Ecto-1 and the Ecto-1A, mm-hmm. you know, the, the side stripes. I love that. I always wanted to see the Ecto-1 with the, with the hazard striping from the Ecto-1A. Yeah. I always thought that would be a natural progression after Ghostbusters 2 for mm-hmm. them to kind of bring some of the advertising elements off. Um, but then there was also the inclusion of things like the, the red deck lights in front of the, the light bars. Yeah. Um and some of the the more boxier elements on top of the roof rack are all takeaways from the Universal Studios Ecto-1 mm-hmm. that they had. Um and I love that. That just spoke to me in a very very nostalgic way. Yeah. Uh my my first time, I think I was like 7 that I went to Universal Studios on a big family trip. Um I dragged my mom through that show like <laughs> six or seven times dude i mean like i got up i got up on their little pre-show stage almost every time got to put on the jacket got to to play with the slime and like core memory generated you know um i still i still though being the accuracy little shit i was uh remember even that young um looking at the Ecto-1 that they had there and and taking it all in and just loving how big the car was. And I remember my mom going, is this the one that they used in the movie? And one of the employees who was close by said, oh, yeah, this is the one that they used in the movie. And me and my little shitheadness going, no, it's not. This and this and this isn't right. This was this way. That was that way. At seven. I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> that that employee probably walked away as like, all right, uh, whatever, Rain Man, <laughs> you know. But uh, the the car itself still occupies a very special place in my heart that that yeah. show occupies. Um, so what do, what do we have next? All right, this is my favorite question that we got. I'm going to let's see, Peter. True Scott Stroud. Trescott? I'm probably butchering it. I apologize. How many yep. spare parts do you both have and of what? <laughs> and this is my favorite question because I feel like it's it's loaded it, it, to We're get being us... fleeced. Yeah. <laughs> 
who's you know what are you guys holding how many do you have nobody needs that many sell me one is what i feel like this question is. <laughs> that's exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're being fleeced by our own fan base <laughs> oh god um but i'll i'll admit I mean, whatever i don't care i mean dude i'm i'm a notorious parts hoarder so am i like furiously notorious mm-hmm. i mean to the point where sometimes like if i have like a couple bucks or something like that and i see a part and like i'll i'll check my my stores and i'll be like ah well i'm only down to three of these i should buy another one yep um i i gotta be honest peter man i i love the question and i was real tempted to go through and actually inventory everything that i have but then I realized how sad I would be that I have so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as far as like uh, replica Legree elbows, the the four millimeter elbows, um, I probably have half a dozen or more replica kits, mm-hmm. not individual elbows, but kits. Um, I know Clippered 701s, as far as vintage ones, I think I have like five, maybe four of them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 331s, uh, like two or three of those. Um, I think I have uh, two of AJ's bellows. I know I have three of Aaron Max bellows. Uh, Acro Electric Hat Lights, I think I have maybe 20 red Mm -hmm. and and like five or six white resistors keeping count of those i have handfuls uh the calars the the i think the calar fives the golden ones on the ghost trap Mm -hmm. um 20 25 of those things okay i do need you to share a couple of those with me because uh absolutely consider it done okay i i ended up running across a an auction for them still on the card Oh, nice. And and I, I just, I went ahead and did it. Um, crank knobs. I have uh, three or four gray ones. I think maybe two of them are the three part. The other ones are the newer ones. Mm-hmm. I have uh, three glossy black and I think two flat black crank knobs. Um, God, I'm, I'm trying to think just i know the replica hat lights aj changed the game for that yeah so i have you know probably about five or six of just the solid opaque white five or six of the orange um i do still have i think three of the vintage milky white hat lights but when aj came out with his replicas i bought another five or so of those mm-hmm. uh dude it just it, it keeps going on um Heat sinks, I probably have like four or five of those. So essentially what I end up doing with a lot of my Greeblies is I'm currently I'm I'm always hunting for what the next best thing is. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's the real one, I'll try and pick up as many as my wallet will allow me. Um if it's a replica one, I'm looking for the next best one. So I end up with these small collections of some are are really, really great, you know probably like three or four sets of aluminum wand knobs. Um, I know Legree Banjos, the four millimeter ones, I have uh, three or four sets, but then I have 
five or six sets of replica ones be the metal or or resin cast mm -hmm. I, i've kind of lost track of everything <laughs> they're all organized into these parts bins but then i have them sub organized yeah for planned out proton packs so generally what i'll do is most of my greedlies all sit in these large hardware organization trunks and then when i'm starting to plan a plaque uh excuse me a pack or a prop I'll start taking out the necessary greeblies and I put them into these small, teeny, tiny Rubbermaid containers. Well, there's there's Sterilite. Yeah. They lock shut. Um, so, you know, I have a, a Sterilite container that has everything for a semi-hero wand and pack um, that I prefer. Everything for my IDW pack. Uh, everything for another future hero build or the Ghostbusters 2 superhero that I want to build after I'm finally finished with this one. Mm -hmm. um the real ghostbusters pack ghost traps things like that i'll i'll pick out those parts from my stores that i really really like and then you know we get into alice frames i think um you know i have one afterlife accurate alice frame i think i have uh uh three or four lc1 frames and then uh, maybe one or two LC2 frames just kind of sitting off waiting for a, for a semi-hero pack mm -hmm. to, to start evolving. And then there's parts that I, I don't like that I end up having as well. Um, I keep telling myself, though, that when I get to the end of my build lists, I'm going to have this big blowout where I, okay, well, the packs I wanted to build are done. And I have all these spare parts, time to start selling them off. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. There's always something new you want to start building. And trust exactly. me. Exactly. Trust it's... me. As someone who has sold real vintage parts in the past, where I was like, ah, I'm not going to need these, or oh, I can get these again later, you regret it. Hardcore. Like, it, yeah, just just hang on to them. Yeah. Um, now, as as far as parts of Pride, I do have two OEM heat sinks. Yeah. For the wand, one's on my current superhero wand, and the other one um, I have on a little challenge coin display. <laughs> nice. Um, and then uh, I have one real bellow. God, I would love to get a Ghostbusters one bellow, but mine I have is. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 drilled out. It was a gift, and I cherish it. I love it. It's it's so fucking cool. And uh, really goes to show how close the Aaron Mack and the Ghostbuster fans replicas are. Yeah. Which is really, really fucking close. I declined to comment on what I have. No, I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> now that I put it all out there, you're like, yeah. oh, all the heat can go towards Dan. Yeah, oh, Dan's got plenty. Hit him up. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how I, I left Facebook. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think people would probably be surprised that I actually have way less than someone might think. Um, at one point in time, I had a bunch of real Legree elbows. Um, I've only ever had one full complete set of four millimeter. Mm -hmm. um, one of which is black instead of gray. And then the other one is like in about 50 pieces. But I have technically three of them <laughs> uh but i had a bunch of the uh the what are they five thirty seconds or whatever yep um, yep the five thirty second like 1.5 gen 
Yeah, I had a bunch of those um, that I eventually traded or sold or gave away to friends or whatever. Um, I really only have about one of everything for one GB1 hero and one GB2 hero or GB2 semi-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, I've only got one gray crank knob. I've only got one black crank knob. I've got a bunch of, you know, the easy stuff like the the brass fittings and stuff. I've got a lot of modern, you know, stock of that. Um, a couple of vintage examples of some of like the shorter hose barbs and stuff. Um, probably the thing I have the most of out of everything is LC1 shoulder straps. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have a ton of those fuckers. I think I've got like 10 or 15 sets of those in varying yeah. conditions and, and um, colors. <laughs> I don't think I think I've got like two sets that probably actually match perfectly. Um, you know, I've got a couple, I think two or three kidney pads and waist straps. Those are so much harder to come across in the wild. They than, are. Than the shoulder straps are. Um I think I've got two or three LC1 frames. I've got six or seven like GB2 accurate LC2 frames that are like the anodized green instead of the the, mm-hmm. the painted green. Yep. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of LC2 straps and, and kidney pads, of course. Um, I think I've got, I don't know, two, three, four rolls of like older spectra strip ribbon cable mm. um, that has the, the kind of the more matte finish and the, uh, the actual spectra strip like stamped on the, on the cable. Oh, I'm going to, we're, we're going to have to work a trade, my guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll work something out for that. I'll take that I, I... extra OEM heat sink for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> never mind. Guess I'm building my spectra strip. No. <laughs> No, I'll have to, yeah, I'll dig it out, but we'll work something out. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I think the most that I'm focused on, like, hoarding parts for right now is, like, afterlife stuff. You know, I've got a bunch yeah. of the, the correct nutrient connectors. I, I hoarded the crap out of those when the source popped up. I didn't buy them all. I I shared the link around and made sure that other people could get them. You too. did. You did, um, yep. I've got a bunch of those and, like, some of the more accurate, um, strain reliefs and and things like that um you know with that stuff i was trying to get what i could while it while it's available before it all just disappears and becomes impossible to get you know um right and trying to plan for the future like okay i really only want one for myself but like you never know when there may be a new revelation and i'm going to need to build another one or you know is it going to be even further updated and in the sequel and there's going to be even more added to it, you know? So now I got to build a second one. Like you never know. Um, there's still quite a bit of parts I'm missing for my personal hero builds that I'll probably never get, um, which I'm fine with, you know, we, at this point we have incredible replicas from AJ and and everybody. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it, I'm at that point where it's like, eventually I'll have a, a really nice, accurate replica pack. Is it going to be a hundred percent vintage parts? Probably never, but luckily those things are very easily swapped out if I ever run across them. So, absolutely, absolutely, none of it's for right. sale, so don't ask me. 
yeah no, no i'm <laughs> sorry guys like so uh uh i'll i'll post pictures up of those bins yeah uh, you know i'll i'll uh pull some of those out and post some pictures but again please please don't come to us to <laughs> asking for 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 sales or or yeah here's the thing i don't yeah. mind helping people like at all um, right. I have given away parts to people like, and I'm like, you don't have to tell anybody where you got it. I don't want people to come after me, you know, and oh, you're so nice. Like, it's not about that. It's about helping people out and, and getting people stuff that they need for their builds or whatever. Um, also, I don't, want, is... I don't want people coming after me. Also asking if I have <laughs> this part for them as well, you know. Right. Um, I don't have any parts for anybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except me except you but i it, it, i've given away stuff and i'll yeah. i'll continue to give away stuff um you know i i gave away a milky white a vintage milky white hat light to a good buddy of mine um yeah i mean that's the, way away... sh- that's the way it should be i mean i would rather yeah. give a really rare vintage part to somebody that i know is going to appreciate it and put it on a build than you know, let it sit there and I may or may not use it if it's an extra, you know, Um, or trade bait, trade for something I do need. Um, Very rarely will I ever actually sell something. I tell you, the temptation to grind down the edges of this other OEM heat sink for Ghostbusters 2 build. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hear me out. You should do it and you should live stream it. Oh man, I think the fellow that sold it to me bless his heart because I love him. Hey, uh, he, he knows he knows who he is. I'm not going to name yeah. drop on that one. Uh, he might murder me he because got... I did promise him that I would not paint this one because I painted my other one when I attached it to the thrower. He's like, "Holy shit, you actually painted that thing over!" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I did, bro." <laughs> hey, you told him you wouldn't paint it. You didn't say you wouldn't grind the edges down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that's and that's how I earned myself a shadow blacklist mark for any vintage part because everyone's like, oh no, he's gonna mull that shit. <laughs> they all turn into Sanyo calculator collectors. No, don't do it. <laughs> You'll break it open and tear the internals out. Um, Just as it should uh, be. So my next question I have here is from Matt Burkett. How would you like to see the gear evolve in the new film slated for next year? I wouldn't. No, I'm kidding. I do want to see upgrades. I want to see updated equipment. Um, I just don't want them to stray too far from kind of the aesthetic we're used to. I don't. I never want. I know I've said it a million times. I don't want Apple iProton packs. Yeah. You know. Um, um, if they want to add to yeah. the existing design, cool. If they want to alter the existing design, cool. Just keep it in that same form factor you know like don't don't stray too far i i would like to see more cosmetically Mm -hmm. upgrades like uh maybe more comfortable grips or paint schemes or they added like a uh like a shoulder lamp to it like they did in Mm -hmm. the video game um but i for the most part would like to see most of what we saw in like the phoebe pack Mm -hmm. to go away 
and I would like to see a return back to normal proton packs. And and the scene I point out to that is an afterlife when Phoebe opens up the cyclotron and is like, well, how'd you get such a small cyclotron? Mm-hmm. And Lamp Egon snaps over to his degrees. Yeah. Because I think, for me at least, that solidified the thought that the proton pack is already the perfect design and needs no alteration because when Egon first built them, they were already so far ahead of their time mm-hmm. that we're not going to see a miniaturization of its technology for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And I was having a conversation similar to this to, with uh, John Yerkeba a few days ago about like, you know, to me, part of the appeal is kind of the bulk of the gear, right? I don't mm-hmm. want it to get sleeker. I don't want it to get smaller. And I'm totally okay with the, the concept, the idea that, yeah, the technology is already so far advanced. Like it can't be miniaturized anymore. Um, yeah. I, you know, we were talking about like PKE meters and like how, you know, you know, maybe they could be wrist mounted or something, but it's like, but maybe the PKE, okay. It can be upgraded to a point where like, yeah, you could, the PK, the main PKE could send signals to like wrist mounts, but it can't be miniaturized enough to actually be wrist mounted itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I would be okay with those sort of like updates to the functions. Like, okay, you've got one guy on the ground with a PKE that can send readings to other people. But if, if they want the full functionality of the PKE meter, they have to physically carry a PKE meter. Yeah. Um, Agreed. You know, the proton pack, I'm cool with some some new functions like if they wanted to go down for example like the video game route where they had like a, a a stasis stream or a boson dart or something like that i would be okay with something like that but i don't need the entire pack to change to yeah. accommodate that that new function you know yeah agreed very much agreed um you know i i wouldn't mind seeing uh some more individualization Mm-hmm. I always liked that about the uh, answer the call proton packs where they had a little bit of their own like stickers yeah. on them. I thought that was cool. And I'd be okay with that on, on the pack. Yeah. Or even, you know, I know we talk about like nothing, not everything needs caution stripe, but like that little strip of caution stripe in the, in the bumper. Yeah. You know, if they so added, they added things. something like that, little things like that, I'd be okay with stuff like that. Give us something new to build, yes. but also, allow us to continue to use all the parts that we know and love. <laughs> yes. And please, what please you got? don't use parts that are readily available at the time, but are just about to become discontinued so that by the time the movie comes out, they're discontinued and impossible to get. Then it wouldn't be Ghostbusters. Very true. <laughs> oh God. The next question I'm going to butcher this too. John. Okay. John. This next question is from John. Okay. (laughs) What do this dude, this rolls right into what we just talked about. What do GB props need more of silver Sharpie or caution stripe? (laughs) Caution stripe. Cause at least you can, 
peel that back off. Yeah. Silver Sharpie. I mean, uh, neither. Neither. Uh, yeah. I get it. Neither. It's a joke question, but like if I it is legitimately if I had a gun to my head and they told me to pick, I would go with caution stripe. Yeah, it, well, at least with the caution stripe, we've we've talked about it before. We at least we, you know, being you and I, mm-hmm. uh, we think we know where we would find it the most appealing as far as that, whether it be in the trench on the uh, the bumper, or maybe uh, some of it on the booster tube, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, an overabundance of caution striping is just now we got to build a caution striped proton pack. Like the whole goddamn thing should be black and yellow. Oh, I've thought about it. The the DeWalt brand proton pack, <laughs> sponsored by DeWalt. <laughs> uh, the silver sharpie, man, it's such an easy way to do some real quick weathering. It has its place. Oh, absolutely, it really does. Like you can get away if if you don't want to use like rub and buff or a silver paint or something like that, and you just need to add in a few little dings and scratches and stuff here. The silver sharpie method is it's it's a go to. It looks good, and if you put something over it, like mm-hmm. Fuller's Earth or something like that, to just dull it down a little bit, it it really does have a place in weathering your props. But so many of these builders. And I understand because they're inexperienced. They're yeah. they're they're just testing their feet. They're getting their feet wet and mm-hmm. understanding how to make something look like it's lived in. But all I can ever think about was how terrible the blasters look in the Star Wars prequels, with yeah. how weathered they are, with what looks like just silver sharpie. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking aggravating. Well, and you know less is more like it's it's always easier to go back and add more than to take it away um and i think people just get they just they get over they go overboard on it and you Mm -hmm. know like and i've even said this before on the show you know even afterlife there's silver weathering in areas that shouldn't have silver weathering on it because the likelihood of something getting in there and knocking around or scratching in that, that part just very unlikely. Um, you know, now check those cyclotron rings guys. Yeah. Like there's, there's literally weathering up underneath the bumper on the cyclotron rings in the afterlife pack. Now I guess you could argue, well, maybe they got scratched while it was disassembled or something. Sure. Sure. But, now you can make that argument for everything, right? Yeah, I guess. But you know, to me, it does doesn't make any sense to me that screams somebody was weathering it while the bumper was off and then they put the bumper on it was like oh probably shouldn't have done that oh well it's already on there now now it's got to go on all of them for continuity you know yeah Um, well just look at the screen use packs and what they look like now yeah where the scratches are the you know the 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 cracks and everything like that's a really great example. If you want, if you want to get an idea of how they weather naturally and where those scratches and things would occur, look at the Venkman pack of how yeah. it looks now. You know, um, that's a great example. So we have like less than ten minutes before we gotta let you go. Do we have any more joke questions, or are they all pretty good? Because I got some good ones here. This next one. It's from Matt Burkett. I think it's a joke question, though. Okay. Review and explain cool. how others, other 80s media crossed over with Ghostbusters. He-Man, My Little Pony, etc. No. 
No. I love you, but no. Uh, my next one is, it, it's not a joke, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Fernando Hernandez, what's your favorite Guilty Pleasure fan film? But I don't feel like that's really prop-related. So I'm sorry, Fernando, you know I love you. ZKT, but I'm still going to pass ZKT for over. life. For life, but I'm still going to pass that over. Zappa Kappa Trappa. Um... <laughs> All of our listeners are like, what the fuck? Did he just have a seizure? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I've got one from um, James Moore that's pretty good. Okay. What PKE meters do you both rock? Why is such a simple prop so hard to get right for the mass market? It seems like every option is a compromise straight out of the box and needs modding. Oh, great question. I don't use a PKE meter. I have a Maddie one. I think it's great for what it is. Um, yeah, I, I've, it's gotten to the point where I'm afraid to carry it cause I only have the one now and I don't want to break yeah. it and, you know, but like not everybody can build a, an amazing replica like Julian. Yeah. So, uh, I, I will eventually get around to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Jason Gleason is currently working on a really fantastic electronic suite for yeah the the Iona, Iona shoe polisher and then using the files from Julian to build out a PKE meter is something I will definitely be wanting to do in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my my Maddie PKE meter, um, but I don't I don't actually carry a PKE meter because the Ghostbusters aside from Egon didn't carry a PKE meter. At no point do you see. Uh, a PKE meter in somebody's pocket by, or on a belt or anything. I mean, obviously it was off screen. Prop guy would come up, hand it to Egon, you know, then Harold Ramis would use it for that scene and then it would go away. Excuse uh, me, sir. As, you are absolutely incorrect. You're talking about the pocket when it's in his pocket for like the lab coat. Yeah, but also Ray physically holds it and uses it in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah. To, well, to scan the baby crib. Yeah. And what pocket does he keep it in? Doesn't matter. Right no, down what the, pocket? Right down the what front pocket? of his pants. No. Well, yeah. I believe he had it it's, it's in his next, jacket pocket. It's next to his stash. Yeah. It's next to Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> weed stash. <laughs> According to Dan Aykroyd, he's allergic to weed. So Bullshit. It, it, now, I'm not saying that this is something he's always been allergic to. He's probably developed it over the years. <laughs> It's like eating too much crab. Okay. All right. <laughs> when you said it's sure. next to his stash, I thought you meant his mustache from Casper. I was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that's a good place to keep it. Where's his PK meter on his face? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a really good one from, from Matthew Swain. Okay. He's actually got two. I'm going to read them back to back. How many Ghostbuster props have each of you built over the years? Which one is your crown jewel? Which discovery blew your mind the most? And is there a prop that you've successfully completed that you're happy with, but was such a pain you'll never attempt again? Oh my God. Those are amazing questions. Aren't they? We yeah. should have started with those. Yeah. I haven't got a link from Craig yet, so we might have a few minutes. Well, then let's, we'll rock it on until you get that link. Yeah. Um, what's the first one? How many Ghostbuster props have we built over the years? I have no idea. I wouldn't even know how to just do started and not finished count because <laughs> I mean, then it's even I, more. I would say yeah so i've built and finished three proton packs and that's not a very high number yeah um 
I've helped on a lot of other proton packs. I've helped on slime blowers. I currently have like five or six proton packs in various stages of completion on my workbench. Mm-hmm. Um, I have lost count of the ghost traps that I'm working on or have helped or built. Um, you know, so much of my prop experience and knowledge just comes from reading. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people make this mistake in which they're like, oh, well, I've I built over 30 proton packs, which makes me the, the authority on proton packs. I'm like, well, no, it just means you built 30 proton packs. You could have built 30 proton packs completely fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously talking about Bob's prop shop because fuck those guys. It's the only listen, man, we work so hard on not being negative on this show, but. I fucking hate Bob's prop shop. So yeah, you know, you, they, they've built hundreds of proton packs and every single one of them wrong. Um, so definitely quality over quantity, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, not only that, but like everybody's kit is different, you know? Yeah. I mean, the basics are usually the same, but there's always something that's going to be slightly different, you know? So that's actually something I was thinking about last night actually, is that, at some point in time, I would really love to get a hold of like one of every major kit that's out there. And that would be awesome. And build one. Just to say mm-hmm. I've had the experience, okay, I've built a bin of Kent, I've built a GB fans, I've built a Studio Creations, whatever, you know. Just yep. to have that experience that, you know. If so, I would love to do that. Yeah, I think it would be really fun and, and it would just be, you know, I wouldn't probably keep most of them i would probably sell them off or whatever but just to have the experience of building the various different kits would be what i would get out of it i would love to open up a ghostbusters museum Mm -hmm. but have a whole room of it dedicated to the fan community and just have all the different fan packs from those kits you know starting with like a a a norm build Mm -hmm. and and then all the way up and then um we'd have like a trash can that we could put one of Bob's packs. <laughs> it's a dumpster. That's just, it's like a, it's perpetually on fire. It's like the Olympic flames. It's, it's got like the silk flames. So it's always <laughs> on fire while posing no real threat. It's special effects guys. Yeah. Uh, um, which one is your crown jewel? I mean, if I'm going to be honest, it's going to be this pack I just built for for Logan Kim, the Phoebe pack. It's, it's a good choice. You know, it. unfortunately, I didn't get to complete it exactly how I wanted to. Um, I did have to make a few uh, deviations from screen accuracy in some areas simply because of lack of time or, you know, parts that I ended up having to use because I wasn't able to get my own fabricated or whatever. But overall, it's the best proton pack I've ever built. I mean, I I tried so hard to make it as close as humanly possible, and uh, um, and it shows though. It's gorgeous. Thank you. It. I, I tried. I tried with every ounce of my being to make it as close as I could with the tools I had available and the skills that I have. You know, um, I'm I'm very proud of it. You know, which is not something I say a lot about things I build. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I was very happy with how, how it ended up turning out. And uh, I look at it and I go, man, I did that. And I can't believe that I did that. Like, you know, 
It was yeah. It's definitely my crown jewel of all the Ghostbusters props I've built. Um and probably always will be, I don't know, but it's uh it it and it's not just because of who it was for or whatever. It's just it ended up turning out so nice. And uh I just I love it. I love the way it it ended up. I am still working on my crown jewel. Yeah. Um and I have been for six years now. That's that's my Ghostbusters one superhero. And uh you know, it's not done. And it, it came real close to getting done last year and then some new stuff. And and that's been the biggest problem with it, is it is my crown jewel. Mm-hmm. So every time there's something better than what I have or something a new detail that I have found, uh it it gets basically rebuilt. Um yeah. but I I love the Ghostbusters superhero pack. There's there's just something about it where I'm like it's it's my favorite pack. It's the outlier. I've talked mm-hmm. about it so many fucking times. I've written about it so many times. I never get tired of looking at it. I get giddy over the smallest things. You know, when when I ran the wire work from the gun ears down and I put that front grip back on, uh the front grip is is just a little uh cattywampus you mm-hmm. know it's it's not flush against the handle there's just a, a slight wonk to it and it was bothering me and bothering me and bothering me until i went back and i was looking at the the reference that i have for it and the one on screen has that same cattywampusness to it yeah in which that grip almost at the same degree of curvature has because it also has the wires runner running underneath the grip and it just makes me fall in love with with this particular replica all over again yeah um, it's also been anxiety inducing mm-hmm. um so it takes me weeks to want to do even just one drill or cut because i don't want to do something wrong and have to repair or god forbid start over yeah. again um well and but... I'll, I'll be honest with you it's going to be a replica that will probably never truly be finished for you there's, probably there's always going to be something that you're going to go back and decide you want to redo or new discovery or whatever but yeah that's part of the fun for me anyway is like it is it is getting to revisit a project eventually um but that that superhero man i i i fucking i'm in love with that pack um i'm so and... excited to see yours like again i don't want to say finished but together together yeah together you know well you even you know i'm hoping um that i can have it done before halloween i don't Mm -hmm. know you know it depends it depends on like if you're able to get to to some of the stuff that you're helping me on it depends if i'm able to get to the stuff that i still have to work on it yeah you know i i got a wholly new shelf for it so now i have to go back and i have to redo the entire motherboard Mm -hmm. um and like that, that's just, it's anxiety inducing. Cause now I have to go back. I have to redo all the riveting for the, the L brackets, redo the speaker grills and, and everything like that. And I, I just I want it to be perfect. And, yeah. um, but I still love it. Even it's most incomplete of forms. Mm-hmm. I look at it and I can see things like, oh man, the, the bumper is crooked just how it should be. Um, and even when I was working on it with the P. Chris Bosch shell as its base, 
uh, there'd be times where I'd drill into it and I'd run into the same problems and I'd go back and I'd look at reference and I would see from the reference they had that same issue. Yeah. Which uh, was, you know, something was misdrilled onto an L bracket or something and I'd get so fucking excited. <laughs> I would get so fucking excited. I'm like, I'm making the same mistakes that they made in 1983. Fuck yes. This is awesome. It's like, um, it's like being in a time machine and going back. It is. And it's quantum leap, man. Yeah. Um, and discoveries that blew my mind most. Uh, how right I've been on things with the superhero. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I tell you, people really <laughs> did not like when I was just like, the rear cylinder's not on the thrower mm-hmm. for the majority of Ghostbusters 1. People really hated it. Hated that I said that for some reason. Well, maybe hates is too strong of a word. But they would come back and they'd say, no, I'm pretty sure it's there. No, it's a trick of a light, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Stuart came out with those photos of them going up the stairs. And boom, there's Ernie Hudson wearing the fucking superhero in the stairwell shot. And clear as fucking day, that rear cylinder is not on that thrower. Yeah. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. I told you all. I sat there. <laughs> you put my head on a post at the gate. But fuck y'all, I was right. <laughs> you have been validated. I, my entire existence. What? <laughs> I have a daughter. I have a wife. I have a son. Whatever, nerds. I was right about that rear cylinder. <laughs> Is that what you want on your on your tombstone when you're buried? I was right about that rear cylinder. Uh, yes. I'll make sure 100%. it gets on there. Uh-huh. If I have to sneak out there in the middle of the night with my Dremel tool and do it by hand, I'll do it. I beg of you, please. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm cremated, make a tombstone that says that. I'll, we'll bring it to PKE Surge every year. Perfect. And we'll, we'll <laughs> sit it up in the throne in front of the Mellow Mushroom. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I can think of a discovery that really blew my mind other than, you know, the one that immediately pops into my head, no pun intended, is the, the pop mech and that it was not mm. activated with the twisting of the, the forward grip, but rather that lever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also when I was young and stupid and naive, you know, so <laughs> everything impressed me back then. So um, true. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of one that was just like mind blowing. Like, oh, okay. I'm sure I'll think about it when we stop recording. Probably. Yeah. the The superhero has been a cornucopia of things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything from like, there's no neck foam on the frame mm-hmm. at all, ever in Ghostbusters one. Uh, there's no spacers between the frame and the pack in Ghostbusters one at any point um those kinds of things have been like these really awesome eureka moments that have no not only blown my mind but also just reaffirmed how cool that pack is just for being its own thing and being kind of the grandpappy but uh what about a prop that you successfully completed that you're happy with but was such a pain you'll never attempt again this is also this is the final question from from mr swain I, you know, I don't know that I have one. 
because usually what ends up happening with me is I, I make something, I'm happy with it, but I know I can do better. And eventually I want to go back and try and do it again, see how close I can get, you know. Um, I can't think of a project or a prop that I've made where I thought, okay, I did that, I'm never doing it again. Um, you would think I would say that a Phoebe pack after... <laughs> The nightmare right. 48 hours I had with this last one, but like, absolutely not. I'm totally going to build more of those because I really love that pack as crazy as it is to add some of the extra details and tedious. And it's, I enjoy making Phoebe packs. They're, they're a lot of fun for me. So um, hopefully on the next one I do, I can try and get it even closer than I did on this last one. So um, I don't really have an answer for that. I don't think I, I don't think there's going to be a, a point where I'm going to be like, okay, that was good, but I'm not doing that ever again. Uh, slime blower for me. Okay. See, I've not built a slime blower yet, so I may change my mind when I when I do eventually. <laughs> I I helped um Michael Kermabon build his slime blower, and and that slime blower now resides in Dubai. And oh, okay, uh, yeah. And I, I helped him with it. So I didn't build the entire thing. But the parts that I helped him build on it were such incredible pains in the ass. We had everything working against us. Um, and I should say him, because, of course, he did the majority, the bulk, almost all of the work. Mm -hmm. I came over for a couple weekends and helped. But what I experienced was just obnoxious. <laughs> um you know, with a proton pack, you're you're working with level or semi-level spaces. So yeah. you're able to hold things together and drill through things, or you can secure it with tape or something. When you introduce these fucking tanks <laughs> and the shit they are, like trying to fandangle them to hold them still to make a drill mark or something. Yeah. It's so, so obnoxious. So obnoxious. Um, you know, I even have aluminum slime blower tanks mm -hmm. um you know that i have a few other parts and everything for a slime blower um not nearly enough to to build one and and i think if somebody did do a commission or a run of aluminum uh throwers again for the slime blower i might change my tune and be like all right well here we go again kind <laughs> of shit but uh that props a pain in the ass like everything wants to slide everywhere. Yeah. Nothing at like lines up how you're supposed to. It doesn't help that most of the aluminum on his kit was made by multimedia mayhem. <laughs> and uh, none of that, none of it lined up. I mean, like even for, for stuff that was made by the same maker for it to not line up with itself was, it was a, it was a fucking chore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I haven't built one yet. I, I want to eventually, so maybe I will have an answer to that question after I attempt yeah. it. Um, I'll, I'll come out for a week and we'll build a slime blower and then you can hate it with me. Okay. That'd be fun just to hang out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. I, I, got my, I got my email link, so. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I'm going to throw one more out. Okay. From Jeremy Marks. What prop have you had on your want-to-do list but have never gotten to make for one reason or another? Geigameter. 
Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I have both a resin cast and a real scrub and buffer body that, I mean, I know there's wonderful 3D prints out there now. There's the incredible throwing chicken kit, but I want to convert the shell, you know, like was done originally in 89 or whenever it was originally built. Um, it's just very intimidating. And uh, I've not built up the courage to start it yet. Fair enough. I have a, uh, in my head, a, a totally cosmetically custom proton pack I want to build. Uh, very much in the vein of what I talked about, how I'd like to see the gear evolve. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love to build it. And I technically have the parts to build it, but I'm not ready to build it. I don't know if that makes any sense. I sound like a crazy person, probably. No, I mean, um, I, I totally get what you're talking about. It's like you're waiting for a particular mood or or mindset to hit where yeah. okay now i'm ready to tackle this yeah no, and, I, I 100% and i'm hoping i'm hoping that that moment comes up soon but mm-hmm. you know it's it's things like i want to do blue accents on it i i want i want to do an obnoxious flashlight on it that actually like hangs underneath the front barrel nice um you know just just little things like that i i want it to look like a proton pack that was issued out by ghostbusters incorporated to other smaller franchises and that franchise got a hold of it and said oh well we need this or that on it yeah because it doesn't have this particular feature and then it sat in that franchise and and you know, maybe the user graffitied on it or put his own touch or something on it, and then it became super weathered. So it's going to, you know, it, there's something there, but the concept has been rolling around in my head for, for years and years and years. Um, but I just have not been ready to commit financially to building a pack that I am not sure if I will really like the outcome or yeah. not. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Well, that that's gonna wrap it up for us, Austin. I, I I'm so happy for you, dude. Uh, I Thank I you. look forward to the interview on Yes Have Some podcast. I encourage all of our listeners if you want more of a dive um, from the the fine fellows over at Yes Have Some that coordinated this awesome project, and of course more information from Austin for how that project went. Make sure you guys give them a listen. Make sure you guys are also still listening to us. If you haven't left us a review, leave us a review. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure we're up on iTunes now, um, which is great. And, uh, you know, give us a like on our Facebook, a follow on Facebook. Good, positive reviews always helps us keep going. Um, you know, we, we're any regular podcast now. We're not even going to try and say every Tuesday. It's not every Tuesday. It's when we feel good and ready to drop an episode. So I'll, I'll try and get this one edited and, and put out maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Okay. Um, and of course, if you want to join the conversation, Spangler's 1984 workbench on facebook.com is the place to be. Uh, so for everybody at the black firehouse podcast, this is Dan and Austin telling you to go out and build something as a duly designated representative of the city 
I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Spray has gone bye-bye. For whatever reasons, Ray, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe you.